to Blast from the Arsenal. Hey everybody, how are you? Thanks for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm your host Angelo and joining me as ever is my co-host Diddley. How are you Diddley? How are you coping with the lockdown that we're currently dealing with in the UK? Have you managed to keep yourself suitably occupied? I am struggling, Angelo. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, running out of things to do. <laughs> uh, God, I even took up pottery last week. You did? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did, yeah. I hired a pottery world for my wife's birthday and uh, I got involved, you know. We reenacted the scene from Ghost, obviously. Yeah. Um, but after that, we, uh, yeah, made some some things, some pots and bits and bobs are your are your pottery skills advanced enough to make a uh, a cannon probably not i think you could you're you're quite artistic do you, mate. Do you think yeah, yeah. I, i'm still on ashtrays at the moment yeah uh so yeah i've got four ashtrays on the side in there <laughs> waiting to be uh fired in the kiln raffled off as a prize <laughs> But you know what, you're, you're so creative. I think you could be one of those guys that, uh, you know, comes up with a concept kit or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe a blast from the Arsenal yeah. concept kit. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. I'll get straight to that, Angelo. Do it. Thank you. Add it to your to-do <laughs> list. Given um, you're not going anywhere or doing anything anytime soon. No, I'm not. No. And and what about yourself? Uh, do you know what? Much the same. I'm, I'm watching a lot of football, obviously, which I do anyway, but... Um, that's all I'm doing at the moment, you know. Uh, and I'm a big NFL fan, so I've been watching a lot of that. But that's coming to a, 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 a you know, an end soon as well. My team got knocked out last night, uh, well, night before even, which is sad, but it happens. Um, and actually, don't forget, what did we do this weekend? We had a quiz, didn't we? we had a Zoom quiz. We, yes, we, we did. We like the rest of the nation. Kind of did that um, at the beginning of lockdown, and uh, well, we didn't have a quiz. We were doing lots of FaceTiming with everyone, weren't we? with our friends, our group. Um, we, we had a drink together over that. Uh, it's not quite the same. But... No, no. So uh, so we had a quiz, and, um, you know, no great surprise, you finished ahead of me. <laughs> I was st- still uh, quite low down, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Let these things happen. Anyway, these people haven't uh, haven't tuned in to listen to to what we've been up to, but glad to hear that you're uh, you know you keep them well. You're you're making best of a bad situation, uh, and obviously our recent results, you know, they continue to to do well. And uh, oh yes, that does it help. could be could be a lot worse if if Arsenal were losing still. Um, yeah, it could be a very dark place, wouldn't it? It would. It would. Um, but yeah. yeah. We've got a tough run of fixtures, so it might end up getting that way again soon. But let's look at the positives for now. Yeah. And look, we're all in this together. Um, so if you are struggling out there, drop us a tweet. You know, let us let us know and have a chat with us. Slide quite, into those DMs, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're quite sociable, so. Get involved. Get involved. Yeah. Um, before I forget, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you uh, never miss an episode when a new one comes out. Um, and obviously, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, do your thing. What is our social media handle so that they can drop those tweets to us? It's Blast Arsenal Pod. At Blast Arsenal Pod, as always. Right. I've said this for several weeks on a trot now, but it's true. we got loads to get through. Um, but first up, 
you know, it, it's it's what we do. What do we start with, Diddley? Give me that jingle. Go on. Tweet it a week. Tweet it a week. Tweet it a week. Love it. Uh, so we have got a tweet of the week this week, as we as we do every week. And Diddley, I think you're gonna you're gonna share the tweet of the week, aren't you? Who's it from? Oh, um, what what do they say? So this is from Fonzie at FTBL Fonzie, and he tweeted. Or she, but it looks like it's a he. Why are our fans turning this into another Leno Martinez debate? Just be happy both of them are performing well. And he is talking about Pablo Mari and Gabriel, uh, the two centre backs. Yeah, the left footed centre backs. Yeah, there was a big debate, wasn't there, when Gabriel was coming back from injury of uh, who's going to play, who's the better, you know. Is he going to come straight back into the team? Uh, so that's quite a sensible tweet. I like that. Tweet of the week this week is a sensible tweet because it's it's a good it's a good point, isn't it? I guess the difference between the Leno Martinez debate is you can only have one goalkeeper at a time. Um, but you know we're lucky we've got two really good centre backs. Who would you have as your number one out of those two, based on what you've seen so far, anyway? Well, it's a it's a tough one. I think it's probably. One of the sort of toughest spots, I think, uh, for competition. Mm. Those two, they're both very good in different ways. Yeah. You know, Mari's very commanding and calm and, you know, he's got that aerial presence. Gabriel, yeah. you know, he again, he's, he's quite calm. Um, yeah. He, he's strong. He's, he's a little bit quicker, I think. Ultimately, Gabriel is the future. Um, yeah. He's the guy I think should be in ahead of Pablo Mari. But look, he's been playing well and he deserves to keep his place at that time. He does. And I was just going to say, I mean, obviously the, the Newcastle game we're going to talk about uh, in a moment and the Palace game before that, which we've not discussed yet. We'll briefly touch on that. But, you know, those two games included, we got five clean sheets in a row. Yeah. Um, that we've managed to um, that we've managed to uh, to keep, and I'm pretty certain was I'm sure Gabriel was part of the beginning of that run, which was against Brighton. I'm sure, he was in for that game. Anyway, you know we've got a really solid defence all of a sudden, which is not something that we've said for a number of years about Arsenal. Uh, so um, yeah, credit to them. You know they're part they're part of that they're part of that unit and they're part of those uh, that run. So. Good tweet of the week there. Thank you very much for that. And if you want to feature in tweet of the week next week, tweet something. And uh, you know, if it's good enough, you'll make it. And That's there are right. no, there are no prizes to be in tweet of the week other than we shout you out on here, and you get a little, you get that warm fuzzy feeling in your in your heart knowing that we've we've chosen your content as being hilarious <laughs> or, or poignant. You know, it depends on what it is, of course. Uh, right, other big news out of Arsenal this week. Um, quite a savoury. Quite a savoury topic, this one. Richard Garlic has been appointed <laughs> as head of football operations. Is garlic savoury? I mean, it's not sweet, but I don't know if I'd class it as savoury. It's the best pun I could put in there, I think. Yeah, it was a poor pun, mate. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah. You got anything? Um, no. Not off no, top of your head. If you come back to it, just throw it in there. You know, might be yeah. you're going to go smelly or something. <laughs> so, mm. so um, do you know well, much let's... about... Go on, go on. Let's hope he doesn't stink up the place. There you go. That's, that's better than what I had. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know, know much about, about him. him. Yeah, um, I know very little. Same, I have to be honest. Um, from what I can gather, he, he's been at the Premier League for quite a while. Yeah. And, um, director of football role, is it? Director of football role. Um, yeah, I think what he's coming in to do is basically Huss Farmy's job. Yeah, which was contracts. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's about it, really. Yeah, there there is a sort of football side of it as well. Uh, there was a statement, wasn't there? From there is a club. statement. I, I can read that out if you like. He, Why not? He will be um, a member of the Arsenal executive team and will be working closely with technical director Edu, manager Mikel Arteta, and academy manager. Per Mertesacker. His responsibilities will include football operations in the first team and academy, all player contract management, and relationships with football's governing bodies. So, working with the FA, the Premier League, UEFA, etc. So, if we get a red card and we need to call in a favour to overturn it, yeah, <laughs> that's what his job is. He's your man. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I, and I'm not just saying this. I don't know an awful lot about him, but I do remember when West Brom were going through their turbulent time before they got relegated. It's, it's obviously quite a distinctive name, isn't it, Richard Garlic? And I do remember his name being mentioned uh, when he left to join the Premier League, that they were gutted about him because they thought he'd done a fantastic job. I genuinely remember that. Mm. And the fact that he's worked at the Premier League and at the Premier League, you have to work with so many different clubs. I think he'll be a fantastic asset from a contacts perspective, both yeah. nas- you know, within the national game and internationally, because Eddie's done a, a pretty good job so far, I guess. Um, but he's still very new into that that side of the of the football business. So I think that'll be a a good uh, acquisition for us. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah so, I do too. And um, touching on the academy side of it, I know West Brom. They do have a lot of talented youngsters, so if he was, you know, part of that and helping to uh, discover young players, that that's that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see, uh, let's see what comes of that. But exciting times ahead, and probably from a from a um, from a transfer perspective, if he is going to get involved with contacts, I suspect it will be longer term at this stage. So there'll be nothing. I can imagine they will imminently get involved with for the January transfer window. I imagine, you know, the things that we are looking at in terms of uh, prospects and, and, you know, transfer uh, targets are probably wheels are in motion for a lot of that stuff. So, uh, so that's good. We'll see what, what comes of that. Um, I, I do find it interesting though, how it's just like any other organization, you build up your team and then obviously you make lots of redundancies and then you start to build up your team again. And I know, I think, did did Hasfami leave off his own accord or was he part of the um, the restructuring of the club? Uh, yeah, I think, I do believe he's part of the restructure. Yeah, so strange are they, were, you know, is it because he wasn't doing the job as well as maybe we'd have liked, which is why they kind of got rid of him and then maybe gave Richard Garlick a new job title because i guess that's what you have to do legally don't you that job doesn't exist anymore but this job (laughs) yeah or something else possibly yeah and of course with rouse and lee leaving um, yeah 
you know, it sounded sounds like there's a little bit of what he yeah did. hybrid role. Um, yeah, so it's condensing two roles into one essentially, yeah. isn't it? With Eddie yeah. doing the more the football recruitment side of it. Mm. Um, we'll come on to contracts in a bit because there is uh, a couple of people that I want to mention in that respect. But uh, other big news this week, we mentioned last week the Hector Bellerin documentary, nine-part series about his uh, rehab from his ACL injury uh, that he, you know, he picked up against Chelsea two years ago. It's called Unseen Journey. It's on YouTube. I binge-watched all of it in one day. Um, they're only 25 minutes a piece, but for me to sit down and watch anything on TV is that's not football right this is football but not a football match is pretty rare as you know diddly i'm not yeah. a, a film documentary kind of guy but um yeah i watched all of it. i binge watched it and i was i was quite impressed by it you know you you really do see a different side to uh what happens off the pitch when the player's injured i know you've seen a couple of episodes yourself haven't you yeah i've seen a couple yeah, yeah initial um, thoughts you know I, I've got a lot of time for Hector. Uh, it, it's good. It's some good footage. You get to see, you know, it's quite intimate, really. Uh, they're in there doing the operation. The cameras yeah. are there when he wakes up. It's pretty graphic at some points, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you if you want a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, it's good. Get to know Hector a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch the rest uh, probably over the weekend. Cool. Good. Definitely watch that. Uh, And I guess the final piece of news to talk about is, um, who's that guy that used to play for our club? Oh, Meza Ozil. (laughs) So Meza Ozil, we're still waiting for it to be rubber stamped, but uh, his his social media activity would certainly suggest it's definitely going to be Fenerbahce he's going to. Yeah. Um, I think we've paid off, so, so I hear in the press, that we've paid his something like seven million of the ten that he was owed to to terminate the contract early. I think yeah, it's seven, a portion of the seven. That oh he right, was owed. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? The fact that he's finished early. All right, we've got to pay him off, but effectively, as a contract, he's entitled to it. Uh, but getting him out now, good idea. I think so. Gonna pay him anyway. Um, so will I have him sitting around, get it done, look forward to the future. Uh, it, it's it's best for all, all parties, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel quite relieved that it's you know it's almost at an end now. And what about you? Uh, yeah, much the same. I think that the, there obviously came a point where maybe he realised he probably didn't have a chance of getting into the uh, Europa League or Premier League squads that are resubmitted at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, so it made sense for him to leave. You know, he's not played since March last year when we beat West Ham. And funnily enough, he got the assist in that game. But, you know, the, the damage was done. Apparently, his relationship with Arteta was um, very much fractured um, into the fact that he wasn't buying into the let's all take a pay cut as a team to help the benefit of the the club. Uh, and obviously, he was one of the players that didn't do that. Uh, so I think it's best for everybody that that he's sort of left early, if you like. And 
you know, it's like when someone leaves work, the atmosphere does change. Whether they're someone that you enjoy being around at work or, or not, just as soon as they leave, the atmosphere changes, doesn't it? The dynamic of the of the dressing room changes. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it was right that you left early. Um, I do. Now, now interestingly, okay. Oh, sorry, go on, mate. No, go, go. Yeah, just interested to see if you uh, had any other emotions about it at all, or just relief because I I felt a little bit sad as well. You know, for for Mesut, for the way it's ended. Um, he didn't get a send off which well he wouldn't have got anyway because <coughs> excuse me there's no fans but yeah you know neither did Santi Cazorla I thought um that was a shame as well but you know we've lost a, a talented player and while at times you know it, it was mesmerizing to watch him play with his technical brilliance some other times you know he was utterly frustrating to watch yeah and I think that's to answer your question that's maybe why I'm not feeling any other emotion. Mm-hmm. He's not played for a year, so it's not as if he was playing at the weekend and then we've gone, oh, I can't believe he's gone. He's 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 been gone, he's checked out yeah. in whatever fashion a year ago. So I'm not in that respect. And I think um, you know, the first half of his Arsenal career was fantastic. Him linking up with um Alexis Sanchez unbelievable those guys were on the same wavelength yeah head shoulders above most of the team um but yeah the 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 latter part of his arsenal career and i'm talking even before this exile for the last year he's been so inconsistent you know he's either had a bad back which you know i'm skeptical i'm skeptical about whether that was him saying i don't really fancy it today you know, and they always say no footballer ever says that, but you you, you do wonder. Well, it's no coincidence Arsene Wenger used to leave him out of all the tough away trips. You wouldn't yeah. see him at Burnley on a no. Wednesday, Wednesday night, would you? No. Away. No. So, so that, that, that was another thing, I think, um, that maybe, you know, made me think I'm not that gutted that he's leaving. Um, you know, I can't deny, like I said, I had some fantastic moments. His goal against Luda Goretz, his FA Cup final contributions, everything. But uh, that all feels like it was the first part of his career. And the second part of his career, in my eyes, the only good thing that we can really remember that we'll talk about is the performance against Leicester. That's one performance, you know. He was on fire that game. I don't know if you remember. I mentioned it a few weeks back. But uh, other than that, I, I, I think he's he's right to go. Yeah, I think he should have gone a, a long time ago. Yeah. 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 No, you're um, right. But yeah, you can't help. But for me, I can't help but think it's quite a shame, really. You know, he was quite frustrating at times, and you just wish if he put in the effort and and did all the other stuff to go with that talent. Mm. Like what a player that we would have had, really, for yeah. consistently until now. Yeah, uh, he divided opinion, didn't he, the whole time he was here really from pundits to to players to fans it's amazing players love him yeah you know players love him i'd love playing with him if i had the chance yeah yeah and um you know by all accounts he's a nice guy so you know that's like two two things that you um that i guess you you want in a person you know but you know pundits are very divided they're either sort of slating him saying he doesn't do enough 
or you have the other pundits that protect him and say, look, he's not that kind of guy. You know, he he does well in the right setting, in the right environment. And I know it's a tiny, tiny, tiny sort of sample that we're looking at here, but the obvious sort of player to compare him to in this moment in time because of what's happened is Emil Smith-Rowe because he's playing in that number 10 role. He's played, what, six, eight, ten games recently, whatever it is. Obviously done very well. But the, the comparison that I'm putting forward here is that Emil Smith-Rowe runs his ass off and chases after every lost cause. Now, whether that's just young enthusiasm and over the course of his career, when he gets to Mesut Ozil's age, he might not be doing quite so much of that. I don't know. But when you've got someone like that being brought to the team at the moment, and you know that Ozil, for what he's running, and he does lots of running, his stats are fantastic, but I'm not sure he's the one to put his foot in and try and win a tackle back in the same way that Smith Rowe is. So, I don't know. Like I say, I'm, I'm, he's the past now, isn't he? And that's what you've got you've to keep it as. One question I've been asking myself, and I want to ask you, we had two contracts, uh, so two players that were coming to the end of their contracts, both wanted massive money. Obviously, we're talking Sanchez and we're talking Ozil. Do you think, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but do you think we backed the wrong horse in the respect that if we'd have given Sanchez 350 grand a week, it may well have been enough at the time to keep him. We don't know. Do you think we would have got more output from him for these last three or four years than we have from Mesut Ozil for the same money? Yes, yeah, I do. Um, at the time, I, I found Alexis quite frustrating at times. You know, the yeah. way he would throw his arms around and he wasn't... Um, he'd do a lot for himself rather than the team yeah. and make it look like he was doing it for the team. I, I don't know. There was something not quite right there. He knew he was he, better than most of the team, I think. That yeah, was he, he, he liked to show he was working hard and... and but, you know, if, if the tactics aren't to chase everything down, like, you know, I don't know. It was a strange time, wasn't it? And I felt the club just had to sort of save face, really, um, yeah. with, with yeah. that contract to, to Mesut. And, yeah, it's cost them. Dearly. Yeah. I think with Sanchez, he was very frustrating in that he gave the ball away a hell of a lot because he tried to do too much. But the difference with him is he's a game changer. Oh, he's a and, game changer. You know, he's a match the, winner. Yeah, he'll put the, you know, get rid of the ball. He'll lose the ball twenty times a match, but there'll be one chance that he'll get and he'll score it. You know, it was deadly. Um, but at the time, as I say, everything's hindsight. You sort of look at it and think, well, Ozil's willing to commit and Sanchez isn't, so why don't you piss off and we'll keep the one that does? You mm. don't know, do you? The only thing I'm going to say about Ozil, and then we'll move on because we can talk about this forever, is. Do you think when you've won so much, you become a bit complacent or bored or your, your fire goes out a bit? And I'm going to liken this to, and I hate to say this, but Call of Duty, right? There's a game on Call of Duty called Plunder, Blood Money, I think it's called, where you go around basically and you, you get loads of money and, and you're competing against other teams online. And for, for ages, me and, me and my little crew, trying to come first, trying to come first, never happened. We came first. As soon as we came first, it was like, well kind of done that now you're not so bothered about winning you just play because you're bored and it's something to do whilst you're in lockdown says 37 year old Angelo but uh you know do you think there's some of that in 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 Ozil that he's like won the FA Cup twice here I don't think we're going to win the league I'm not really doing anything in Champions League I don't know do you think maybe he needed a fresh challenge himself 
Yeah, possibly. I, f- I think he could have helped push us towards the league. Mm-hmm. Um, that year when Leicester won it, I, f- I felt that yeah. we, you know, it's not that it's just down to him, you know. Um, I think that might have been the season where Giroud just couldn't hit a barn door. That, yeah. was, that was one of the issues that Meza was playing. He had him up front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with all due respect, you know, if he if he'd have had Aubameyang, um, it might have been a different story. But if yeah. some butts and coconuts, of course. And look, you know, you have to thank him for what he's done. But it's time to move on. And yeah. To the yeah. Exactly. And talking of the future, let's look at the uh, well, certainly the present. Let's look at the two matches that we we're going to cover now. First one is obviously Crystal Palace, um, which what well, we played on Thursday. Uh, 8 p.m. at home at the Emirates. I, I don't know if we need to necessarily go and start an 11 formation like we're going to in, in the Newcastle game. But I'd mentioned before that we, we drew against Palace two all at home last season, one all away last season. And lo and behold, we have a nil-nil uh, against Palace this season. Any sort of takeaway points from that particular game? Because there wasn't really a lot of exciting highlights from it, were there? No, it wasn't. Uh, I think the sort of the biggest noticeable thing was that uh, KT was out uh, with a slight uh, injury, a bit of a calf strain I think it was. Yeah, uh, it was precaution wasn't it? Yeah, bringing Ainsley Maitland-Niles in at left back didn't really work, did it? Um, a little bit less no. I feel for it. I mean, yeah, I fight. do as well. Don't I play do. games. You, you, you get out of match fitness don't you? Or, or match uh, what's I'm looking for? Prep, I guess. So yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, Katie gives us that balance uh, um, playing on the left, and obviously he's been brilliant the last few games. Um, you know, not that that necessarily would have changed the game, but um, when you can attack down both sides, it, it could could make the difference. Uh, we lacked a bit of spark. I felt Emil Smith Rowe was fairly quiet in the game. Didn't really. Mm-hmm get into it like he has been um yeah i mean it was a bit better second half but but the palace really, tactics not really classic palace tactics it classic low back, block yeah, yeah very boring on the break you know i couldn't help but think about i know it would never happen but i watch a lot of nba yeah and obviously they have a shot clock i don't know if you're aware of that yeah so when you're in possession, you've got, uh, I think it's 20 seconds um, to get a shot away, something like that. Yeah. It encourages you to go forward and, and stuff like that. And I was just wondering, do you think in, you know, imagine a scenario where a rule was in place that when you've got the ball, you have to have, You've got 30 seconds or a minute, whatever it is, to get X amount of players in the opposition half or you're penalised. Do you know what I mean? So you're not just sitting back the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the way things are going in football, it wouldn't surprise me if a rule like that did come in because yeah. they've, they've changed penalties and, and offsides, VAR. It's very much focused on attacker gets the benefit of the doubt now more penalties more yeah. goals better to watch more people watch more revenue that that's what it's all about right god can you imagine if they introduce something like that 
Yeah, mad. And we were seeing sort of scores, no more nil nils, and it was more like four twos and seven fives. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I could see something like that happening. I think we've got a lot to learn from American sports. I'm, as I mentioned before, a big NFL fan. In, in NFL, and I've thought about this before, you have three timeouts um, per half. Um, but you also get the opportunity to challenge a, a, you know, a, a call that's been made on the field. Yeah? Yeah, and, and you can do that in a lot of sports, can't yeah, you? Tennis, so you? Tennis is the same as well. And... So easy to implement. You know, you throw your... your um, flag onto the onto the ground the, the review gets um sorry the play gets reviewed if you're right you know you're right to challenge it and it's overturned you get to keep your timeouts and if you don't they take it away from you i think they should do something like that for var so you know you, you've got what maybe two maybe one opportunities per match to check a var decision if you don't think that something that's not been checked by var has been checked i don't know i mean we could talk about this sort of thing oh yeah yeah of course i I, I get your point you know when you're playing against teams and all they want to do is be defensive and then hit on the counter all the time which we've done i mean that's partly how we won the fa cup last season oh yeah yeah you know Mm. but they do it all the time and uh, i guess naturally brings us through to the the match we've just played which was newcastle where they they adopted a similar tactic but less successfully Mm. um was there anything from the Palace game? Anything else you want to talk about before we move on to Newcastle? I say it wasn't the most exciting game in the world, but no, I've, yeah, there were a couple of positives, like you mentioned, the clean sheet again, yeah, um, and Thomas Party coming back, yeah, yeah. He's, um, I mean, in, in the Newcastle game, we might as well go on to it. He was brilliant. He was brilliant, and I think what did he play seventy minutes, something like that, sixty-five minutes, can't remember. Um, you know, just as a as a precaution to um, first game back in a long time, but I thought he was fantastic. I really, did. yes, yeah. Let's let's sixty seven start, start with him. Um, just he brings a presence, doesn't he? Um, he's got this calmness about him. He makes himself available all the time. He's constantly. Yeah. I watched him just just watching him for five ten minutes. He was constantly moving around and he seemed to find these areas where he had a lot of space and time. And I never really sort of had him down as that sort of player. That was something Cesc Fabregas was brilliant at, was yeah. uh, finding sp- space and, and making it look like he, he, he the game was in slow motion almost. Yeah. Uh, he's, Having, almost like time stands still. That's right? such a cheesy phrase to use, but it's like, what? Is anyone closing him down? Oh, they are, and he's still got the ball. Or for some reason, yeah. they're not closing him down. It's really weird. He, he seems to have that fear factor as well. He gives it off to to the opposition where they were kind of reluctant to to close him down, and you know, and when they did, he just skips past them. He yeah, just strides past, uh, I, you know, glides across the pitch. It, yeah, and he's he's cleaning the tackle. He he. he He's, we've been crying out for a player like this for a long time, and Off it just years. highlights the fact yeah. that we've had to put up with some pretty awful central midfielders. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our current midfielders on the books and those that have left just recently, you're talking, you know, Lucas Torreira, nice, nice and tidy, but not the same level. Granite Jacket, Jacket, Granite Jacket, not, you know, again, good in in, in dribs and drabs, but not the same level. El Nenny, not the same level. 
Uh, Ceballos, not the same level. Guendouzi is obviously gone, not the same. So he is a class above. And I, we mentioned it earlier in, in the, um, uh, our podcast where the spine of our team, our first 11 spine, is so strong. You think Leno, Gabriel, Party, Aubameyang. I mean, that is one hell of a strong spine. And now we're starting to sprinkle a few sort of youth players into the into the team. Results have got better recently. You can see the way that this is going. And that's why the we have to have patience with what's being done here and not kick off at every... Um, every result that doesn't go our way at the moment this is a, a you know slow burner but you can see the progress when you get a player like party and let's not forget for the price that we got him for as well unreal um yeah what a player what a player do you, do you want to go through starting lineup just in case anyone didn't watch the game and wants to know who played i've got it yeah. here if not <laughs> sure uh leno in goal as per usual yeah um Cedric coming in at right back. That was uh, something I wasn't expecting, but yeah, he did do you think okay. That was tactical, or do you think that was just to I rest? Think that was rotation. To yeah, be honest. giving Hector a rest, um, giving Cedric some some game time. And on that point, sorry to interrupt, but whilst we're on, no, it's fine. What do you make of him being the sort of confirmed number two right back, and what? does that mean for Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Because you remember he was subject to a £20 million bid from Wolves in the summer. We yeah. said, £20 million, jog on. And now I'm looking at him and thinking, well, if he's not getting in at right back and he's not really playing in midfield, which is the so-called position that he prefers to play, he was awful at left back. Does he actually have a future at Arsenal after all? As much as we have these blinkers on for youth players just because they're one of ours, is he going to make it? Um, it's hard to see it now, isn't it, mm. happening for him? Uh, yeah, that could have been the final nail in the coffin, really. Yeah, he's a good player. He's got got talent. It's just whether he's got the right attitude or not, because that seems to be what lets him down. I know he turns up to training late quite a lot. Yeah, you two would get on. <laughs> 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 yeah, we must have the same alarm clock. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I, that, that is something that Arteta did. I haven't got it to hand, but Arteta did say something uh, after the match about Maitland-Niles when asked, and he did say something along the lines of, "He needs to prove it in training how much he wants it," right, which okay. would indicate he's not he's not putting a, a shift in. Yeah, and look, there's not a place for everyone, is there? No, there's there's winners and losers in life. Um, as much as I like him and I like his penalties, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, we can potentially make some money from him. Yeah, yeah, um, we can't. We've got to make money somewhere. We've got to sell some players. And yeah, look, if they cost us nothing, it's instant yeah. profit. That's how you would look at it. And if they're not, you know, just to be a squad player, you could probably sort of argue: Can you get a better first team player than him? That's therefore not going to play because they're better than him. Or could you get a better squad player than he is? Because as much as he's versatile, he's just not playing games. You know? Mm. So I don't know. I know I interrupted there as we were just announcing the second player in the squad. That's, that's fine. I felt need to jump on that one because Cedric actually had a brilliant game and we'll talk about him in a second. And that probably further enhances his credentials as a as a right back, certainly as a number two, maybe pushing number one. So If you look at it like he's come through the academy since, you know, 
a young lad. Cost us relatively well, well nothing, obviously, uh, uh, coming in at that young age. If you sell him for 15 to 20 million, I mean, that pretty much pays the wages of the academy players and it gives you funds to go out and get some more mm. sort of young talent. And you for know, me, that's cheap, by the way. Yeah. I know you just throwing, throw out there, I'm just throwing a number out there because Wolves offered 15, didn't they? So, yeah. And then you, you know, you give these other lads a chance to see if they've got it. And if one of them does, then... Job done. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, left back, Kieran yeah. Good to see KT back in the side. Yeah. David Luiz and Rob Holding at centre-backs. Yeah. Gabriel on the bench again. Um, it's, there's no harm in, you know, giving him a, an extended rest. No. He's new to the league, isn't he? And it, and it is a lot of... Uh, he played more than I thought he would when he first came into the side. So yeah, same. And he is it. He actually had COVID, did he? Yeah. Just to, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm no scientist or doctor, but you know it plays heavy on the lungs. So um, you know maybe he's fit, but not match fit. Uh, you know, not not quite ready. And plus, we'll talk about it in a second. We've got a mad run of games coming up. So uh, maybe they're yeah. trying to keep him, sort of protect him for the the tougher fixtures that we we've got. Shakra um, yeah. party in the middle. Yep. Uh, Saka on the right. Obra on the left. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe in the middle behind Lacazette. Yeah. Pleased with that lineup. Yeah. Oh, so I think we both probably saw Cedric and thought, eh, bit of a strange one. Yeah. But... The other one that I was, you know, looking at maybe he needs a rest, maybe he doesn't. And then after the first half played out, I thought, yeah, maybe he he does was Aubameyang mm. because he looked off the pace some of his shots were yeah. way For, he was forcing it he was forcing it he was desperate yeah. he was forcing it and I think he was probably mentally exhausted as well as physically um, but I, I know what you mean I've, I've been thinking that for a few games to be honest uh, he's, he's just looked drained you know no other word to say it and um you know, there were a couple of opportunities. I think he dragged one onto his left foot and nothing really happened with it. There was uh, a shot where he tried to almost do a bit of an Henri into that bottom corner and it went nastily wide. You, you know, it, it was so forced. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, the open goal. Yeah, of course. Post. Yeah. 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 Um, from a, a tight angle, it came at him quickly. You know, he was probably, what, three, four yards out and somehow managed to put it across the face of goal, hit the post and come out. That was kind of his luck. Up to yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I guess that that was probably the talking point of the first half, wasn't it? How did he miss that? Um, uh, and and I always like looking at Twitter because obviously it's very reactionary. So if nothing else, it's entertaining. But so many people, you know, I, think I put a tweet out saying what needs to change for the second half, and the amount of people going Abamyang off, Martinelli on, do it. Right. 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 You know, there was some, I don't know if he was reading our feed of Bamiyang to get himself fired up for the second yeah. half. It's what he usually does, apparently. Um, you know, there were a lot of people with uh, egg on their face, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah, that, the tweets that don't age well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, tweets that precede, something like that, I can't remember what it is. Tweets that precede time or something like that. Where, yeah, yeah basically they um, well. 
again, you know, form is temporary, class is permanent. Uh, he came up with the goods, didn't he? He did. He did. Do you, do you remind want to talk? Everyone? Do you? Do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll try to remember what what actually happened. If I'm not mistaken, it was a nice ball from Party, wasn't it, that released him? It was, yeah. Um, and, and and literally bearing down on goal. And actually, it was on the left hand side of the goal. I remember, the left hand side of the goal, running towards goal, got to the 18 yard box, got towards the six yard box, and I was thinking, well, either pull the trigger or or you know, you're going to do what you've been doing recently, which is either try and cut back in on your right, but the defender won't let you, or skew a left foot shot completely wide. But he smashed it with such venom. Uh, and if you if you see it, you remember the goalkeeper actually dives to the opposite direction. He goes down quite early, actually. So mm. he kind of sold himself short there, didn't he? He thinks he's going low and hard across the goal, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, maybe he was trying that. Uh, <laughs> it just ended Getting up the eyes. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he smashed it in. It was a great finish. And I think everybody was just relieved for him, weren't they? That he... He scored, and you can only imagine how low he must have been feeling. You haven't missed the open goal in the first half. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. We, any thoughts on the goal in particular? or I just thought Thomas Party was, did brilliantly. He turned away from uh, the midfielder outside of the right foot. It was a brilliant ball. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Very reminiscent of uh, Patrick Vieira. <laughs> yes, I, I, and that's the thing, isn't it? He can spot the pass. He can actually execute the pass, and um, well, he does things quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not afraid to make a mistake to give it away. You know, he just he does it, and some you know, like you say, Aubameyang one v one. Yeah, and there's not been too many occasions this season it's, where where no, that's happened. So. There I'm, I'm just watching it again now, actually, to remind myself. And Party's actually in his own half, and it, with yeah. the pass on the outside of his foot, he actually takes out three Newcastle players. And, and as you say, then it's a one-on-one bearing down on goal. So really, really good, really, really good. And um, you know, confidence in a striker is everything, isn't it? You know, it's. Um, sometimes it's when you've got a, a player that's in form and, and doing well, they don't have to think about it, do they? It just comes naturally to them, you know? It's a bit like people used to say that about Theo Walcott. He hasn't got a footballing brain and he takes too long to think about stuff. But when his instinct kicks in and he just has to have a snapshot, he's much better. So um, I'm hoping the uh, I'm hoping the, the goal, certainly that first goal, kind of sets him on his way to uh, finding his, his goal-scoring touch again because we need it. You know, we still, we still need it. Um, we're not banging in the goals as much as we'd like to be, albeit we well, won't nil in this game. So, well, no, yeah, but now he's got three and three, is it? Yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully, you know, and it's a good time to come into some form. Like you say, we've got some tough games coming up. We have indeed. So that was the first goal. Yeah. Not long after, ten minutes. Yeah. Goal from Yeah, Saka, Emil Smith Rhodes is brilliantly turns. Yeah. Uh, Whoever it is inside out. Um, Lascelles, is it? I can't remember. Yeah, it's one of the new Yeah, players. and uh, gets his head up, picks him out superbly, and it was a it was a good finish. I love the way it sticks to his foot. You know, like literally the ball sticks to ML Smith-Rowe's foot. Uh, uh, and he, he doesn't do this, but you ever seen that Elastico trick where you almost go one way and then turn it the other way with your foot real quick and it bamboozles the defender 
it was almost like reminiscent of that. The, honestly, it was like he had Velcro on the ball on his foot, the way that he he had control over it. I don't really know how else to describe it. You know, it was, it was mesmerising. And um, He's not the sort of player that sort of flicks and tricks and mm. showboats and stuff like that. He's just a really good dribbler. Yeah. Isn't he? The, yeah. you know, the ball does stick to his feet. He actually, he, sometimes he looks like he's running quicker with the ball than without it. Yes, yeah. Um, he's he, quick. Yeah. He's really he reminds quick. me a bit of Ryan Giggs when he's when he's got the ball. Yeah, because of the close control and the speed. Yeah, he does yeah. everything. Um, he, uh, he, it's just been a revelation, hasn't it? He's been a revelation, and um, uh, I hope there's not too much pressure put on him. But I'm so excited to see what else he can he can bring to the team and um uh as ever i always have a stat i need to try and find it uh, why do i always make these weird noises as well i always do that don't i yeah uh, what are you gonna do uh right emma smith Rowe now has seven goals and assists in 610 minutes this season or if you're not into maths a goal or assist every 87 minutes so he's he's productive that's what you want from an attacking midfielder we said at the beginning of this um this podcast uh, series that we're doing, you know, Blast from the Arsenal, that um, we don't get enough goals from midfield. Um, I wonder if he could go on to be that guy, almost a, a, an Aaron Ramsey without the injuries, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. It's something uh, we definitely need in the side. Mm. Um, and a great goal by, um, by Saka as well. Nice, you know, in, in the right place. Nice finish. Uh, and again, I guess it's another one where he's producing the goods as well. And that only heaps more pressure and doubt onto Pepe uh, mm. and William. Albeit yeah, William came on. Um, that, that's what you want from your, your wide players. You want them to come inside and yeah. get on the end of those and weigh in with some goals. And Saka's yeah. doing that regularly now, isn't he? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel, um, well, not feel, but, you know, I, Pepe's in some trouble. Yeah, I think so. The fact that he didn't uh, come on ahead of William, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to read into that or not. But uh, uh, I would, I would say Arteta is just. I mean, when you looked at that, the game and how it was going, it could have been five or six. Uh, it wasn't, but I think he threw William on in the hope that he would grab a goal and get some confidence. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw Willian's interview. No. He did. I think it was for Brazilian TV or, or something like that. Yeah. And he was asked about, you know, this season and his form and stuff. And he, he said, yeah, it started really well at Fulham. I, I was feeling confident. I got two assists and I was looking forward to the season. And, and they said, well, what's happened? And he went, oh, I don't know. He just doesn't know. Did I hear, and I might be making this up, did I hear he said something like, it is what it is? Yeah. <laughs> it was very vague about it. You that's, know. Not, that's not really the fighting spirit you want at 200 grand. No, it? no, it's not. He's... <laughs> oh, mad. Yeah, look, I don't know. Maybe that's just his style, you know, to be that relaxed. I'm not sure, but... Um... Who knows? Look, all, all I know is that we've got um, a special talent in Saka and in Emma Smith-Rowe. Uh, and actually on Saka, did you know 
Only three other teenagers have been involved in more Premier League goals for Arsenal than Saka, who's got what a, a total of 11, so five goals and six assists. So three more teenagers that played for Arsenal in the Premier League that have more goals and assists. One has 30, one has 28, and one has 12 as teenagers for Arsenal. Any mm-hmm. ideas who they might be? Fabregas, one. Uh, Fabregas is one with 28, yeah. Someone's got two more than him as a teenager whilst playing for Arsenal. Reyes? No, not Reyes. As a teenager, Nicholas and Elka? Nicholas and Elka with 30, yeah. And one other person has got more goals and assists as a teenager in the Premier League for Arsenal than Saka with 12. Saka's on 11. Oh, give you a clue um, if you want. Yeah, go on. He's English. <laughs> Eddie? Uh, it's not Eddie. I'll put you out your misery. It's the yeah, old cart. Oh, right, yeah. Forget he joined at 16. Yeah. Felt like he didn't play for about five years. But um, yeah, so that's an interesting start. He's obviously uh, in good company there. And that's the level I think we can, you know, class him as. If anything, you could argue he's doing better than those guys. And the fact that the teams that they played in were pretty goddamn good. You know, they won yeah. trophies, championships, whatever. We're a mid-table team, so um, I think that's a, that, that's amazing. Uh, and then the third goal, which also came from uh, the captain, Aubameyang. Uh, it, it was all Cedric, really, that goal, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he win, wins the ball back, plays a 1-2 with Saka, I think, um, gets to the byline. And, um, I mean, literally gets to the byline, doesn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he kept the ball in play by a spaghetti width, didn't he? Yeah, but it is what it is, you know. It's legal. It's legal. It's legal. We'll take it. So, yeah. Var yeah. worked in our favour for once. Um, yeah, he he done really well there, and it was a good goal, wasn't it? Good, yeah, good nice, cutback. Nice cutback into yeah into the six yard box. Easy finish. Yeah. So uh, yeah, overall really positive. You know the fact that we've won. Um, uh, sorry, got five clean sheets in a row, and uh, those five clean sheets in a row, by the way, do you remember the last time it happened? Do you know this stat? I don't. Eleven years ago. Oh wow! That is appalling. That is actually appalling. So, uh, say what you want, but we are um, making progress. You know, <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah, about you, it. so you got to look at it, and you know, with the nil-nil against Palace, where they flake fairly similar to Newcastle they're probably a bit better well a lot better I think but yes yeah um yeah we found a way to overcome that that low block yeah we did indeed now we said we've got a tough run of fixtures uh we have got Southampton at St Mary's on the 26th which is next Tuesday uh then we've got Manchester United at home on the 30th of Jan then we've got Wolves and then we've got Villa so there's our four next league games we've also got Southampton at the weekend haven't we in the FA Cup uh, assuming they beat Shrewsbury yes, yeah, well they're playing right now oh are they oh, there you yeah go. Uh, do you want to have a quick look at the score not that it's going to matter to anyone that's uh, <laughs> watching this in in real time uh, let's have a look I'm doing that in voice again I don't know why I'm doing it <laughs> FA Cup are you sure they're playing today yeah it's Tuesday isn't it uh, it is and I'm looking at Monday scores that's never good is it Ange 
Um, well, you'd think we're going to be playing Southampton. That's really disrespectful. They are winning 1-0, yeah. Uh, so, whoever we're playing, we're playing Saturday, and then we've got that, that uh, run of four fixtures. And that's why I said before, I wonder whether the likes of Gabriella are being kept fresh for... Um, you know, one game against Southampton, but really with the, the, the thought process of Manchester United coming up and Wolves, you know, on, on as a left-sided defender, you're going to be playing against Adama Traore on the right side of, of Wolves' midfield. Um, tough set of results, but we should go into them with, sorry, fixtures, but we should go into them full of confidence on the back of, um, you know, recent, recent results. Yeah. So, good. Right. Before we talk uh, transfers, we promised, because we got a question last week, if you remember, from a good friend of the show, Stephen, from Cannon Chatter, um, who basically asked us, you know, who do we think we should keep and uh, sell out of the Arsenal squad, if I'm not mistaken? That's what he asked. Does that sound familiar to you? Yep. Good. So I'm going to put up the team and we can decide who we think should stay or leave. I'm guessing can't be talking January transfer because we're never going to be able to get rid of all these, are we? But certainly let's plan ahead and think the summer. Who do we think will be gone or should go by the summer? Um, Goalkeepers, we've got Leno and obviously Runarsson. And uh, as we'll talk about in the transfer section, we're actually looking for a number two goalkeeper. So I can't imagine either of these are going to go anywhere. Thoughts? Yeah, no, they're not, are they? They're not. I don't think they are. No, no. I don't think they are. Leno is um, he's really done well. He's, he's he's really shut up a lot of the uh, the Martinez um, fans, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, with his performances, you know, he can't do better than five clean sheets. So there you go. Six. Six is it in all competitions? Yeah. Apologies. No, could, that's that's how you do better. Oh right, sorry. <laughs> Confused with <laughs> that. Um. Right, defence. We said this again at the start of uh, the season, or certainly at the end of the uh, transfer window. We are stockpiled in defence, but possibly more quantity than quality. So let's run through some of these. Hector Bellerin, obviously didn't play at the weekend. Um, he, he splits the uh, fan base, doesn't he? He does. And I know you're a massive Bellerin fanboy, aren't you? I am. I'm proud. So, I'm proud to say it, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so I think, cheap, but I would say, look, if there's money to be had, you know, he could be one that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know we're doing transfers afterwards, but should we just throw transfers into this if any are linked? Because Hex yeah, Bellerin sure. apparently has been linked with Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and Juventus, I think he was in the summer, but Paris Saint-Germain have obviously just appointed um, Mauricio Pochettino. They've got money to spend because they're Paris Saint-Germain, uh, and apparently they're interested in him. Uh, you know, is Paris the fashion capital of the world? <laughs> certainly one of them. You see the yeah. link and the attraction for someone like Hector, can't you? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Um, and talks are 25, 30 million pounds. So, you know, I, I could probably live with Cedric certainly starting at right back for the, the foreseeable, but if there was an opportunity to get a better right back, then do so. Um, so, yeah, I reluctantly accept money for Bellerin. I, I, yeah, I agree. I would yeah. too. 
and um, when you see the rest of the documentary you know you do kind of fall in love with him a bit more for his love for the club and how much yeah. he respects everybody and etc but you've got to be ruthless in football if you want oh, I'd, stuff, I'd be happy if he stayed also yeah okay of course you would uh, <laughs> Kieran Tierney I think we both know we want to keep him he's he's yeah 100% oh, next if we, yeah next yeah if we could just yeah. clone him for defence that'd be great Socrates well, he's going to leave anyway but I actually think he'll leave in January by the sounds of it a couple of teams yeah. interested in him Gabriel we've only just signed and clearly you know hit the ground running so definitely keep, keep him yeah. yeah Rob Holding just signed a new contract he's been brilliant yeah, has, yeah. I think he's been brilliant. Uh, Unsung hero. Big time. And again, I think I said it before. He's two million pounds. He came from Bolton. He's English. I think like that kind of detracts away from how well he's performed. You know. Yeah, it does. If he was, let's say, like Gabriel, Brazilian, and and you know, he'd come come abroad for a big fee and played the way he's been playing, people would be writing rave reviews about him. Yeah. Um. So definitely keep him. Cedric. Would you keep him as a? Well, as a minimum, would you keep him as a number two right back? Has he proved himself enough in the games you've seen? I, I think so. I think he's he's fairly, you know, a safe bet. He's he's not a bad player by all, by any means. Do you think he suffers the same fate though as Holding, and as much as a little bit? Expect, he was free from Southampton. Yeah. It was as if they didn't want him. I think, and people sort of think, well, why why would he be good enough for us? Yeah, hundred percent. But he, he was a regular starter for the Portuguese national side. You know, he's he's not yeah, a bad one player. Right? Yeah. He's not a bad player. And no. I think as a backup right back, he's, work, he's, yeah, decent. Yeah. How old is he? Is he 28? Yeah, I was going to say he's pushing 30, isn't he? So um, that's, that's not a bad age to have experience. And uh, mm. I, yeah, I think he, he'll, he'll do a good job. Could you see him starting for Arsenal? Could, would you... It sounds awful to say this. Accept him as your starting right back. I think I could, yeah, for a run of games, but, you know, not. He's never going to push you towards the. No, I don't, of the I don't think league. so. Yeah. Who knows? He might, he might surprise us all. Yeah. Okay. So we're keeping him. Mustafi. So another one out of contract in the summer. Um, could leave in January. Don't know. Could leave. In should. January, but. He should, yeah. I think he's holding out for that free transfer so he can get a big signing on bonus. And um, he put a he put a message out, didn't he, um, with with those who are leaving, which was a bit of a strange one. But it was basically, you know, oh here we go, I've, I've got it here. So these are the words of Mustafi on Ozil. He put, "Bro, you've been the most unselfish player on and off the pitch I will ever have shared the dressing room with." You will always be remembered as the assist king. Unfortunately, we as a team haven't been able to assist you when you needed us the most. All the best for you and your family. What does that mean? Is that too cryptic and reading too much into it? Or what does it mean by we've not been able to assist you when you needed us the most? Is that him almost siding with Ozil over Arteta in this row? I guess a little bit. I guess what he's trying to say is, you know, we can't sort of, Defend, defend you and, and, you know, go against the manager. Yeah, yeah. Because then we're at risk as well. Yeah, I think he's one of those... I'll be glad when he's gone, not just because he's a crap defender, but also I think he... Um, I think the camp is split, and I think he's 
clearly very much in the Ozil camp. Yeah. And that's old Arsenal. That's that's gone now, and he needs to be gone with it, if you know what I mean. Same yeah, with Kalasinac leaving, who was very much in that that uh, you know that that camp too. Oh, as a club, we need to get better at selling players because you know. What was he? Thirty-five we, we spent, million. Yeah, thirty-five million. You know, Ozil forty-two. Yeah. Um, Kalasinac was free, but you know. Yeah, it's money down the drain, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. We're, we're better off signing freebies that are old and over the hill and just giving them big wages. At least they didn't cost us anything to buy. <laughs> yeah, OK. Uh, right, other defenders. Callum Chambers, is he going to make it at Arsenal? Nope. No, time for him to go. And yeah. I don't mean on loan. And I mean for his benefit as well as the clubs. You know, there comes a point where you just want to play games. Otherwise, you're just going to be remembered as the guy that got injured a lot, even if he did win a few FA Cups along the way. Uh, Pablo Mari conf- yeah I think he's great I've got a confession to make but I always thought he was Brazilian um, I think it's because he played in Brazil yeah he's Spanish he? yeah but he's actually Spanish yeah I didn't yeah. realise that until a few months ago where somebody I think it was a commentator going yeah the Spanish centre back and I was like what are we talking about he's from Brazil and it sounds like he's not so keep him David Luiz <laughs> the enigma that is David Luiz I mean did pretty well at the weekend. Oh, well, Monday yeah. night. Yeah, he did all right last night as well, but didn't have much to do, really. I thought we had pretty much complete control of the game. Yeah. So, if he's out of contract in the summer, would you offer him another one or would you let him go? Uh, again, I think we touched on it last week. It just depends who who we bring in, if any. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether we've got the money to do all the business that we need to do. I don't know if he if he's not a troublemaker and he uh, he's he, a cheap cheerleader. He's got a positive, it seems, you know, relationship with a lot of the young lads there, um, especially like Bukayo Saka. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to to having him as a backup. Yeah, but you know. It, it's one of them ones, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I just... wait, wait and see how the rest of the transfer window pans out, really, I guess. And, uh, you know, and, and where they see him, uh, well, where they see him in the team, where he sees himself in the team, and does he want to continue playing or or not? You know, he's still got that hunger at, what, 34 or whatever it is. I, 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 if you're asking me personally, I, I would like to get someone younger, someone new in that can... Yeah do the things that he does, you know, the, the passing ability and, and yeah. not do any of the clown stuff that he does. Yeah. It, well, that's it. It's how you find that player at the right price. Yeah. So we'll see. Right, on to midfield. Bukayo Saka, yeah, obviously we'll keep him. Ceballos, he's going back at the end mm. of the season and uh, he's very up and down for me. He's, he's inconsistent, so I probably wouldn't keep him if we had the chance to anyway. Mm. I think if you're going to spend upwards of 20 million, you could probably spend it better. Yeah, we may as well put Maitland Niles in there <laughs> for free. Exactly. So, yeah, um, there's your answer. Yeah, no, speaking of which, Maitland Niles, <laughs> we've spoken about that already, haven't we? Yeah, uh, no, I think get some money for him. Yeah, and invest. Thomas Party, obviously, again, fantastic. Keep him. El Nenny? Uh... <laughs> Again, I mean, you, you, 
you can't sell everyone, can you? You need no, some numbers. It, that. <laughs> it's a big overhaul we're doing it. It is. Um, Again, he does a job. I, he does a job, before. doesn't he? You know, if he's someone you like, we did last night. We brought him on for the last twenty minutes. Fine. If that's his role in the, in the squad, that's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Any more than that, no. Yeah. He's not a starter. Yeah. No, that's fine. I agree. Joe Willock. I think he needs a loan. I think he needs a loan or a. Permanent we move. need to sell him. Yeah, or a permanent move. Yeah. Smith Rowe, obviously, we want to keep. Granite Xhaka, he's been pretty good the last few games. Do you know what? He has, hasn't he? And uh, uh, he's, he's one of those ones. Yeah. He's yeah. one of those players where he'll have a few good games and he, he, he hoodwinks you into thinking he's changed. He does, yeah. You know, you he think, uh, oh, and, uh, he's turned a corner. <laughs> and I he'll just like to tackle someone to get a red. <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how he gets on now. With this run of games, it's a tougher tougher opposition it's likely he'll have Thomas Party by his side yeah um, we haven't seen them together that too might. much have we so yeah let's see five games what happened yeah those two do, you know, he might make him a better player having someone yeah. like that beside I, I, him yeah I'm just going to say do you think when he doesn't have someone like that beside him and therefore he's got an El Nenny uh well, let's say a Joe Willock, um, a Guendouzi when he was around, a Torreira. Do you think he felt like he had to be the senior player to drive the team on? Whereas with Party, he kind of feels like, you know what, I know my limitations. That guy's better at some of that stuff than me. I'll just do my bit and I'll do it well. I think that's how he should be looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'd keep him. I think actually Xhaka, for as much as he frustrates the crap out of me sometimes, the jobs he does well he does effectively you know yeah and would you get the money necessarily you know to reinvest in someone of of his yeah. quality that those was, qualities that he has i don't i don't think he would i don't think you'd get anywhere near that no no well unless uh you know ivan gazidis at ac milan you know sanctions a, a purchase of like 50 million for him or something you can see that happening uh right and then on to our forwards so uh alex lacazette we've spoken about him recently he's coming to the end of his, his well he's got what just over 18 months left or just un, under 18 months left sorry on his contract and it's that stick or twist moment with him isn't it there's not actually been any concrete conversations about a contract obviously with richard garlic coming on whether that will change maybe they're holding back on sorting those things out until somebody like Richard Garlic could come in to put a bit of flavour on the contract. I don't know. Hey. Uh, but would you would you keep him? Would you re-sign him? Or would you sell him whilst you can and get someone else in? I think it's probably the right time to move him on. Yeah. Uh, looking at the length of the contract, his age, um, his sort of, not lack of goals, but, you know, he's not in that. Okay. 20 plus gold bracket is he mm. um like 54 million or something weren't he uh, I, I don't know but yeah I, I think with the age of Aubameyang being quite similar to him well he's I think he's a bit older you know we could be in trouble in a couple of years and then have to replace two strikers yeah 
that's almost impossible in this market to yeah. do that. So it could be the right time to do it and bring someone in a bit younger, and yeah. hungry for goals, you know. Someone that brings something a bit different, something that Arteta really wants in in the side. But do you tactically. think he's but do you think he's found a role? Because what he's doing, he's doing well now, isn't he? You know, that sort of I think he's doing it all right. Yeah. I don't think he is a goal scoring striker anymore like he was in France. It seems to be a hold up, link up kind of player. He had two chances last night in the space of 30 seconds. One, Emil Smith Rowe, I think it was, did brilliantly, flashed it across the goal. Yes. It was was a tap in, six yard out. He should have been there, he should have been on it. He was the number nine. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wasn't there. Then it came back in later, a couple of seconds later, back post header, maybe should have buried it, didn't. Yeah. And and that's where he falls short sometimes. I know he's had a bit of a run of form of goals, but. Right. Next up, we've got William. Uh... So. Sell <laughs> or even just come to a mutual agreement to end his contract. And the lab yeah. sign free elsewhere. Yeah. It just, yeah. I just can't see how it's going to work. I want it to because the, the, the thing is, he's got all the talent and experience and ability in the world. But I don't know, we said before, is it just he's low on confidence because he's not doing well? But even last night, he had a, uh, uh, a free kick, didn't he? Mm. He thought, this is it. This is going to be the one. But I feel like that every time he takes free kick. It's going no, to be the did you? Oh, I went and got myself a drink because I no, knew did. it wasn't <laughs> going to hit the wall. Well, I just thought everything else was going so well. Bamiyan scored too, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, clearly it didn't happen. So I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I did read something today, a, a tweet somebody put out that said something like, why does Granite Xhaka not take free kicks? Because he's probably got the best shot out of everybody in the, you know, in the team. In terms yeah. of power and accuracy. I don't understand that one. There you go. Aubameyang, obviously only just signed a contract. And Keep. yeah, say what you want about his recent form, but he's a quality player still. And we've just lost Ozil, who's just big name in football. Aubameyang still has that pull, I think, in the same way as a, an Ozil. Maybe not quite in the same fashion, but players would want to come and play with Aubameyang. You know, if you're going to move Lacazette on, Who's your strike partner? It's Aubameyang. Yeah, I'll sign. You know? Yeah. And he's a big personality as well around the club. Yeah. Yes, he is. Right. Last four in the first team squad. Nicolas Pepe. Mm. Is it time to cut our losses or do we need to be a bit more patient? I just don't think it's going to work really for him. I'd like to get, well, obviously, we will give him to the end of the season. Um, but uh, Bukayo Saka has shown what he needs to do out in that position. And he's made that his spot now. I think so. Um, obviously, you need a backup player. But do you need a £72 million backup player? Mm. And I hate to say this because of who he is. But I remember when Mourinho hadn't been appointed as Spurs manager, he was doing some work on Sky, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, as a pundit. And I remember he, they were talking about, oh, Nicholas Pepe's just signed, blah, blah, blah. And I remember him saying something at the time 
along the lines of, you know, young Ivorian guy coming from the French league, big money. I'm not sure he's the sort of player Arsenal need, if I'm honest. I'm not sure how well he could adapt to the Premier League. And I hate that because now he's Spurs manager as well. But it turned out to be kind of right, really, hasn't he? You know, it's, it's not quite gone how we want it to uh, so far. So, yeah, I, I'd be the same. And I, I put something out on Twitter again recently saying, what would you do? Cut your losses and, and let him go if we got 25, 30 million or, or stick with him? And I think the majority of people did say, it's time to go. <laughs> Famously, it's time to go. Uh, so, there we go. That's that. Yeah. Bruce Nelson. He needs a loan move, doesn't he? I think. Um, or we sell him. Well, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, look, as Emil Smith Rowe not proven what the benefits of a loan move are. Yeah. You know, even if it's half a season, just playing regular football. I know he wanted to stay and fight, but I think he, he needs game time. He needs yeah. to go somewhere. Yeah. And uh, Ketia, obviously linked with West Ham recently. Apparently, we've said no. If Lacazette left, would he be a natural replacement for him? Because I was really for him at the beginning of the season. He was doing quite well. And his chances seem to have dropped off, haven't they? They have, yeah. And obviously with the Belogan contract talks up in the air, looking more and more likely he'll leave. Do you think if we moved on in Ketio, it would keep Belogan? Or is there just a lot of hype from him at the moment? Because he hasn't really done it in the first team yet as a given that the opportunity Eddie brings you goals doesn't he I think it's just what role does he have and does he want to play it as a well he's, he's a backup isn't he mm-hmm. um, does he want to go and make it somewhere else would I keep him would I sell him again if we can get a decent amount of money for him and reinvest it that might be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And finally, um, one of my favourite players in the squad, Gabriel Martinelli. It's a no-brainer, surely. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. Keep him. him. Yeah, jokes. Yeah. yeah, keep him. He's brilliant. Okay. It's, yeah, on, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? I think, looking at it, looking at the squad, he stays, he goes, for the most part. It is. I think what we highlighted, though, sorry to interrupt you, is that we want to make wholesale changes to that squad. And you can't do that in a short space of time. There's going to be players that are leaving because they're under their contract anyway. There's players that we, you and I, have just said, move him, get rid of him, don't want him. You can't get rid of 10 players out of a squad of 30 in one transfer window, in two transfer windows, you know, and replace them with quality. Mm. You can see why stuff takes so long to get done. I mean, what today we're recording, Tuesday the 19th of Jan, and we've not signed anybody yet. Well, we've signed Omar Rekic, haven't we? But he's gone into the under-23 squad, I believe. So, you know, we've got a week left of the transfer window and we're no better off than we were at the turn of the year. Mm, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's a difficult window for everyone, isn't it? And There's not been a um, huge amount of signings anywhere, no, really. No, uh no. But, you know, there's always rumours. So, should we have a look at some of those? Oh, I love it. What a link. Let's look at those, Diddley. Uh, This week's rumours. Do you want me to run through them? Yeah, go on, mate. So, uh, we are linked with... Some of these names I don't even know. I'm not going to lie. 
well, mainly this one. Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax. Don't know if you know much about him. Don't know too much about him, mate. No. Uh, I know he's 17 years old. That's, that's about okay. it. So he's just he's one for the future. Yeah. 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 Um, Basuma from Brighton. Now, I've seen, I have seen him play, actually. I've seen fair bits of him play just through highlights and, and what have you. You know, the usual match of the day, Sky type stuff when this game's on. Yeah. He looks quite good, actually. He does, yeah. Um, Useful player. But again, yeah, is he better again, than what we've got? Uh, well, he's, he's, he's proving that he's, he can do it in the Premier League, so... It's not one I think will happen this window, personally. No. No. But maybe one to look out for in the summer. You know, if Ceballos goes back, he could be one that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the difference is that Brighton is playing week in, week out. Yeah. And would he get that playing for us? I'm, I'm not so sure he would. And therefore, would he want to come? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, obviously, talk that we want a second-choice keeper, who we spoke about earlier. So the two that we've been linked with this week, Tom Heaton, Aston Villa. And uh, is it Freddie Woodman? I think it is, from yeah. Newcastle. Uh, both good goalkeepers. But Tom Heaton's a bit older, isn't he? He is a bit, but as your backup goalkeeper, I'm not opposed to having someone that's a bit more experienced. No, not at all. But, you I'm know, a- they... More they know they're not going to play every week, but you know they've got the experience to come in and, and do a job. It's, I think Tom Heaton, it would be the one out of those two that I I would prefer. Just based on experience. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of Freddie Woodman. I don't know too much about him or how much he's yeah. played really. Yeah. Um, there was another one. Uh, I think the Barcelona keeper. Yes, you're right, Neto. Neto. Yeah. yeah, that was a loan deal. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We certainly need a second-choice keeper till the end of the season, at minimum. And if that is a loan, then fine. Because we, we, you know, we're still in the Europa League up until at least this Saturday. We're, we're in the FA Cup still. Um, and I know that he, he tends to play Leno in the FA Cup games, but I don't think he'd be adverse to putting a second-choice keeper in for those sort of ties if they were good enough. To give Leno a rest. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, the second choice keeper or the role of the second choice keeper isn't the same as it used to be 10 years ago, is it? Where you never played unless the keeper got injured. Mm. You get much more opportunity. So, yeah. Uh, okay, and the other two, we've got Mano Solomon from Shakhtar. Uh, 21-year-old uh, Israeli attacking midfielder. Yes. Number yeah. 10 type. Yeah. Yeah. Again, don't know an awful lot about him, but I've seen highlights and uh, plenty of talk of, about him. So, um, see what happens there. And the other one, interesting, Ivan Tony from Brentford. Yeah. Only just moved there, obviously, from Peterborough United. Former Newcastle United striker, albeit at youth level. Um, quite a surprising link, I think. It is, yeah, because he was a talented youngster and he's had to go... And do it the hard way, really. He's gone down to League One, um, proven himself there, bagged loads of goals, different sorts of goals, um, and got a move to Brentford, uh, who are a good club. They play pretty good football, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's hit the ground running there in the Championship. So, yeah. 
he's still young. Do you think he could make the step up? Uh, yeah, I, I could actually. He's a very physical player. And I do feel like, other than Lacazette, we kind of miss that. I guess my only concern would be cost. He moved to Brentford for something like £10 million, reportedly. Mm. Um, they can all it's probably make... double now. Yeah. yeah, especially with the goals he's banging in. And you've seen Ollie Watkins do it, funnily enough, from Brentford to Villa. So it can be done. Um, but are Arsenal going to spend £20 million on a you know, a striker that's unproven at, at, at our level? We need someone to come in and do the business now. Or would they take a risk on... I'm going to throw it out there. I know that, that he's probably not uh, 10 a penny to find, but someone like a, a Martinelli, £7 million. Pounds, you know, would they use their contacts to try and find someone a bit cheaper? Because we haven't exactly got money to burn, albeit we're going to be making a, a huge amount of savings on wages because of the amount of players that are leaving, not just Mazza Ozil. So I can't see that happening myself, but I, I wouldn't be against it if it happened at the right price. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that one. Keep your yeah. eyes, keep your eyes on that. Yes, uh, and the only other one to add into that is one that we've been talking about since the beginning of uh, the, the transfer window before is obviously Emi Buendia at Norwich. Now apparently they've come out and said minimum, absolute minimum, forty million, but we don't really want to lose him because he's you know key to our promotion chances. Um, and uh, is it Daniel Fark, who's the Norwich manager, has come out and yeah. said so I'm ninety nine percent sure he's going to stay. Because of that reason, yeah, I, I can't imagine Arsenal would fork out 40 million on again a player that's no. up in in the Championship, but to some degree unproven in the Premier League. So uh, I can't see that happening if I'm completely honest. Uh, and as I say, with a week to go, or, or just over a week to go, <laughs> there's a lot of names, but there's not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of action. So it could be an exciting transfer deadline day for Arsenal. Put it that way. Yeah, it could be the complete opposite. Uh, I think we're, we're doing the important thing, the more important thing, and that's that's shifting some players. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're at least uh, going in some sort of direction and preparing for the summer. Yes, yeah, absolutely. There's my dog. I don't know if you heard my dog there. Waggling his tail in agreement. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I say he, she, I know it's she. Uh, right, I think we've been waffling for long enough. What, hour yeah. Five or yeah. so. So um, hopefully we've covered everything that everybody wanted to hear. Uh, it's been fun talking about the you know various different topics, and of course, uh, you know we've got Southampton at the weekend, and then we've got Southampton again next um, next week. So we'll have two Southampton games to talk about, which will be lovely to to listen to. Uh, and then obviously the the week after that will be or the weekend. Next weekend will be the end of the transfer window. So come the following Monday when we record, we'll be able to talk about who's in, who's out, who's still with us, who's not. And, um, and of course, the Man United game too. Thick and fast, mate. Thick, Thick and, fast. and fast, indeed. Right. Don't forget, at Blast Arsenal Podcast, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter. But until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Right. And welcome Richard Garlick. That's what I get his name in there again. Don't know why. I like Garlick. See you later, mate. Bye. You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal. <laughs>